0: If you're listening to this, then you likely already know that being an independent musician can be a lonely road. And maybe your friends and your family just don't fully understand why you do what you do or why you invest so much time, energy and, and money towards achieving your music goals. And especially early on, it can be hard to find people who really understand what you're trying to accomplish and how to make it happen. Uh, so that's where Modern Musician comes in. My name is Michael Walker, and you know I can understand and relate to that feeling I've been there myself, and so has our team of independent artists. And the truth is that basically everything good in my life has been the result of music. It's The reason I met my wife, It's why I have my three kids, it's how I met my best friends. And now with Modern Musician, we've seen so many talented artists who started out with a dream, with a passion, but without really a fan base or without a business. And be able to take that and turn it into a sustainable full-time career and be able to impact hundreds of thousands, even millions of fans with their music. And we've had thousands of messages from artists who've told us that we've helped change their lives forever. And it just gets even more exciting, and fulfilling when you're surrounded by a community of other people who get it and who share their success and their knowledge with each other openly. And so if you are feeling called to make your music a full-time career and to be able to reach more people with your music, then I want to invite you to join our community so that we can support your growth and help lift you up as you pursue your musical dreams. You'll be able to interact in a community with other high-level artists, coaches, and industry professionals, as well as be able to participate in our daily live podcasts, meet these amazing guests, and get access to completely free training. If you'd like to join our family of artists who truly care about your success, then click on the link in the show notes and sign up now.
1: Although you can reach new people really easily with the internet, it takes some nurturing and some level of exposure, continuous exposure to your artwork and to experiencing your music in order to really create like a a customer, somebody willing to invest who wants to wear your brand when they go out and listens to your music all the time, has you on their favorite playlists. So I've just realized that the amount of exposure that you can have in re-exposure of your music and people experiencing your music is so important in order to create the people who really feel that connection on a level mm-hmm. where they'll invest with their wallet.
0: We're creating a revolution in today's music industry, and this is your invitation to join me. I'm your host, Michael Walker. Hey, what's going on, everyone? Welcome back to the Modern Musician Podcast. So at the time of recording this, we just uh, celebrated Christmas and the holidays, getting ready for New Year's. And yeah, I'm really excited to be here today with Jared Christensen. So Jared has been on the podcast before. In fact, he's like really at the core of what even made this podcast a reality here at Modern Musicians. So I'm super grateful for Jared. He has been with Modern Musicians since pretty much the beginning, when we started about six years ago. He is a renowned musician, digital marketer, and founder of the influential progressive metal band, Archaic. Uh, he's been touring personally over a decade in North America alongside top names in the extreme metal genre I got to see him perform in Florida and saw some people stage diving and just seeing you do your thing was amazing Jared so you're really like the epitome of modern musician in, in so many ways and Jared has has really leveled up in the company as it relates specifically to our paid media and to marketing. And he really organizes and runs modern resistance campaigns, uh, which is a huge part of what we do. In addition to that, he also helps manage and organize and run campaigns for our artists, for them to grow their fan base. And so he has a lot of insights from you know being directly connected with our artists, seeing what's working and the lessons that we're learning there. In addition to also, he's a you know an avid podcast you know enthusiast himself. He follows a lot of different podcasts. He's he joined multiple ten thousand dollar plus courses that are all about learning how to do this effectively. So he's he has a lot of a lot of insight into what's working right now in terms of building a fan base. So I'm really excited to connect with him today and share some of the the lessons, some of the the new takeaways, and ahas that he's you know experiencing. So we can share this forward with you as well. So Jared, thank you so much for uh, being here today.
1: Hey, thanks for having me, Michael, and thanks for making me sound awesome with that excellent intro. Yeah, I'm excited to be here and talk to you. You're probably my favorite person to talk to about this kind of stuff. So just to give some some folks a background, if they're if they're this is your first time meeting me, I've been to, I've been doing music pretty much my whole life. I started early on in like elementary school playing guitar, middle school, and it got into high school started a band and it took us about 6 years of like real hardcore boots on the ground playing shows meeting people to get to a point where we were able to tour and get to tour with some of our favorite bands and and it's been next year it'll be 20 years that this project this high school band of mine has been around so Needless to say I've been in the music industry for a long time now and it wasn't until meeting you Michael and coming into the modern musician world that I really was able to like uplevel my music business acumen if you will or you know learn new skills and strategies that you'd discovered that are kind of emerging technology and ways to reach more people because no matter where you're at in your music journey, like of course we all want more to reach more people, connect with more fans, get more listeners, impact more people. So there's always room to grow. And, and today, you know, things are changing very quickly. So you've been able to introduce me to certain topics and interests that I've dove really deep into the last about five years now and it's just something that i I have a passion for studying this this whole music music marketing essentially is what we're talking about in in a broad term when we're talking about meeting new people getting more listeners and and yeah i I thought there's a couple kind of epiphanies that I've had recently after like so much you know coaching one on one coaching over the years It'll be like four years in February I think coaching at modern musician and so seeing patterns and seeing like what really works in order to create the level of like fandom that we want in order to to have a sustainable business so yeah i wanted to take some time to share some of those like aha moments i've had and the first one and i'd love to get like your feedback on this topic i haven't heard anybody speak about it in this way or use this phrase but it's frequency of exposure so what does that mean you know i'd love to know in the chat like let me know what does that mean frequency of exposure to you and to me what i've learned is that although you can reach new people really easily with the internet it takes some nurturing and some level of exposure continuous exposure to your artwork and to experiencing your music in order to really create like a, a customer somebody willing to invest who wants to wear your brand when they go out you know and and listens to your music all the time has you on their favorite playlist so the amount of I've, I've just realized that the amount of exposure that you can have in re-exposure of your music and people experiencing your music is so important In order to create the people who really feel that connection on a level Mm. where they'll invest with their wallet, Mm.
0: I love it. You you know, one, my mind thinks in analogies like you know, and the the analogy that came up for Mm -hmm. me right now related to this idea of like frequency of exposure and creating a a fan and like a super fan and someone that is a lifelong supporter was thinking about. Yeah, I've been making tea lately. I've been making a lot of tea, like turmeric and uh, ginger tea. And, you know, if you just dip the tea bag in the water like one time and then you just like throw it away, that's sort of like if someone hears one of your songs one time, it's like you grab the tea bag and you like, you set it in the water and then you like throw it out. And it's like there's gonna be very little tea in the water. There wasn't really a whole lot of exposure that the tea had to, to be able to steep. But the longer that the tea like you know, steeps in the water, the more that it gets infused, the more that you know you can enjoy the deliciousness that is the the tea and you know that was just an interesting analogy that came to mind in terms of what you're describing, like the the quality of the exposure, like how potent is the exposure, how long you know how, how much how many times has someone streamed your music, how many minutes, you know, how many hours of video content have have they watched? It definitely seems like there's, you know, there's a dial and the more steep someone is in your community and your culture and the value that you provide, then the more that the tea is going to propagate and the more, you know, deliciousness that's going to come from it.
1: Yeah. That's a excellent analogy too. Is like, yeah, like one little dip, you know, It's not, you're not going to get much from it, but if you, if they soak in it and they really like absorb your music long-term, like they're going to be the kind of people who buy tickets to your shows, who buy all your merch, who invest in your memberships that you do, like your Patreon or your, your inner circle memberships. Like those are people who they haven't just had one or two you know, casual experiences with your music. It's like, you're a part of their, their life and their identity. And I think that that's, that does take time and it takes that frequency of exposure over time. Mm -hmm. But I think that's like the, the missing link. If, if people aren't really like, if you don't have that yet, that's what, you need to do is expose them more to your maybe it's your story it doesn't have to be just your music maybe it's your artwork maybe it's your photos it's just if you think of like if you think of your favorite artist like like michael for you what was the last artist that you actually like spent money on
0: i mean i went to the when we were young festival most recently so that was kind of a whole bunch of whole bunch of artists but they were like from my yeah from my youth i guess
1: yeah so like all of those you've been exposed to all that music for so long like you've been mm. dipped in that environment for so long that it's like a part of mm. you and part of your identity and so yeah. much that you'll buy like an expensive festival ticket to to see all these bands right and mm-hmm. and maybe yeah. merch and and i like i challenge like anybody who's listening or watching to think about, like, what is the artist that they've, ma- their, their lifetime value is high. So they've maybe you've spent a hundred dollars, two hundred, three hundred, five hundred, a thousand dollars on certain artists over the years, but it's because you've been exposed to them so many times. They're so part of your your life, hmm. and those two things correlate. So then it's hmm. like the next question is, well, okay, I get it. Like we need to expose our listeners over and over again to what we're doing to where it becomes like a part of their, their life or their listening habit, habits or anything we can do to increase that. And I heard this term somewhere, I don't know if I saw it online or something, but the term force mul- multiplier. And I was like, Oh, okay. So what could be for a force multiplier? And I looked it up, like it, it The term goes back to the military, which was interesting, force multiplier, but it also is used in like business and basically means just like a lever, like a tool or a lever to, to increase, you know, something Hmm. dramatically. Yeah. Um, It's all technology. It's like a force, force multiplier. Yeah. And so like the, the first one that comes to mind, that's like the most low effort, but high force multiplier is social media ads because you set them up and they run and they hit new people all the time. So you're just increasing the frequency of exposure as much as possible. And you could even retarget and double, you know, that's another level or lever that you could increase that exposure with. Mm. But the beauty of those, of, of social media ads, and this is where I get like Really geeky and into the weeds is is how they use machine learning and AI in order to figure out who's in engaging, what what signals they're getting likes, shares, watches, in order to find you know drive your ad even to more of the right people. But it, you can set it up in it like this is happening while you sleep. Your ads are there's somebody up late at night while you're asleep seeing you know maybe it's a moment of your song or they're invited to listen to your music. And so that one was like the most obvious when I started to think about this. Well, what are the force multipliers for exposure? And it was like social media ads is, is a huge one. Mm. Yeah. What are your thoughts on, on that?
0: Yeah, I, I think it's a great topic and a great question is like force multipliers and like all of us, you know, we have uh limited amount of time a limited amount of energy or resources but we all also we all have the exact same amount of hours in the day and so really like the true full force multiplier is time and how well we leverage Mm. the limited time that we have what we spend our time doing which means that you know the process of prioritization and choosing what we focus our limited time and attention on incredibly valuable and as it relates to social media ads this is a way to multiply yourself and to be able to you know have this exposure happening every single day where it's you and the things that you're doing like your music your performances your ads it's putting you in front of new people and you don't necessarily have to spend your time you know every single day doing that so i think it's a really powerful tool and you know, that can, you know, there's, there's a lot, of, like everything that is a technology is a force multiplier in a sense, like it's designed to, mm. you know, help you get a result in less time. So leveraging, you know, the right tools in your arsenal and knowing how to use those tools is incredibly valuable. And in the short term, it's like, you know, the Abraham Lincoln, the sharpening the saw analogy that, you know, if you give mm-hmm. them you know, an hour to sharpen the saw before he cuts down the tree. It's only going to take him, you know, an hour to cut cut down the tree. But if he just tried to start without sharpening the saw, then it might take him like 10 hours. And so I think it's important for all of us Mm -hmm. to just sort of have time carved out to sharpen the saw and to, you know, to be working on learning these technologies that might it might take some time and investment up front to do it. But once you have that, it gives you leverage and allows you to, you know, multiply your output.
1: Yeah. Ex- that's exactly it like multiplying your output. And social media ads is one way to do that. The next obvious one was your lists, your email list primarily, but hopefully you're you're starting to build a SMS texting list. Because think about this. Let's say somebody sees your ad or they see a piece of content on your Instagram reels or something. They go to your link and bio, or they click the link and they opt in. Now they're on your list. Now you can multiply the exposure as much as you want because you can send them. Like you already earned the connection, earned the contact and the email, and you can create email sequences that 5x, 10x the exposure. That would have just been maybe a view or like a like a little dip of tea, you know. So that one's big. And like if Mm. if you're, you know, we do like thinking of examples like modern musician, we use our email list, we use our texting list, and you know, that's probably why you're here. If you're here live, it's probably because we're using, like you said, the technologies to multiply the exposure and help you and bring you in to this community and so like that's just another example is like the email list
0: yeah yeah 100 percent. i think i think it's kind of like an interesting juxtaposition between using content and like leveraging paid media ads and also live experiences like i, I truly really think there's something sacred and there's something that can't be replaced about live you know being to get like being here live it's like this is all that there is 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 live and i think for all of us as musicians it's been so yeah part of the core of the value that we provide is our live experiences and community is really like part of this live communion that we all we come together and so i think that the big opportunities right now for musicians are are in something that we're exploring right now as well. Just doing these podcasts is by doing, having a live audience, by doing this live, by interacting and bring people up on stage, you know, it's, we're able to help shine a light you know, on, on different viewpoints within the community. We're able to kind of create this shared movement and i think the same thing you know applies to musicians it has it's been the way it's been forever but especially now with the technologies around live streaming and you know doing having an inner circle stage community where maybe you perform once a day for half an hour and just come together with your people there's platforms like twitch that you know some of the most influential people in the world are people that have you develop an audience on twitch because like they're getting steeped big time, like that team mm-hmm. is getting steep big time when you're there live <laughs> and you connect and you can engage, you can interact, you can be a part of this. That's evolving moment. And so I would definitely encourage like all of us to think about that as, you know, part of the force multiplier as well Is like when you can bring your people together through live experiences and live events while also, you know, using the live events and carving out pieces of value and nuggets that you know maybe if you do play a song live every day maybe one of your fans will edit you know the replays and the videos for you so you can distribute those and publish those across your channels so really how do we build a community how do we build a, you know a strong connection with our fans we were talking about the difference between live events being a way to, to bring community together as well as being able to create content and distributing that content in an automated way using emails using uh, social media advertising,
1: I kind of started to make a list of these like force multipliers and kind of prioritize them on like which ones can get the most leverage. Mm. And if you, in case you missed it, we had one of our platinum artists, Ryan, uh, Kryshak from first to 11 on the podcast. And he did, he just did an absolute masterclass on a massive force multiplier and something that, you know, like it feels like I I have to talk my band into, even though they're pretty, they're open to it. Like, but I'm needing to lead the way and, and be like, okay, well we're, we need to find a song. We need to pick a song and we need to do the archaic version of it. Cause it's just yeah a massive lever. It's and and there's so many songs that can be turned it you know, it'd be a genre bending of some kind mm-hmm. likely, but like, we need to do that. Like our goal, one of our goals is 10 XR listenership, 10 XR, our the people experiencing our art over the next year. Mm-hmm. And that's a big part of that is like, well, we should do some really awesome covers, because you just immediately get that traction that you normally wouldn't get because you're, you're like leveraging another artist or another song that people are are really aware of. So cover songs is like you know after i i knew that like what ryan was doing was was totally insane like and awesome and like the amount of exposure like frequency of exposure for first to 11 is just so high half a billion views
0: 500 yeah over 500 million views on their youtube channel just phenomenal
1: yeah so you know i i encourage everyone to like make a list start start just Brainstorming some cover songs to do next year and just put a couple of them out and see what happens and you'll probably notice that it you'll have like a force multiplier on your hands when it comes to to cover songs and the and the whole thing about like like cover song like the stigma around it like oh you're an original artist like you know Ryan made a really good point that so many like big artists, their careers actually blew up when they did like an epic cover song. And so Mm -hmm. it's like, come on, you can't ignore that. So yeah, that was, that was another big one.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, there's a ton of artists that come to mind where they don't necessarily, they're not necessarily a cover song band, but they use, you know, cover songs. They have a few cover songs that have really gotten them on the map. Bring, bringing it back to this tea bag analogy, it's sort of like, you know these audiences, and it could be another artist. it also could just be a community like, you think about this' just like little pockets of of people and thoughts and relationships, and it's sort of like you know you want to look and see where are these other communities that they're infused with like very strong tea that I like the taste of that tea <laughs> like I like that that tea and and then you know tap into those and basically. If you can create a song or music that specifically speaks to those people, you know, whether it's a cover song, that's a great way to do it because you know that's like a, a you know a community that's steeped in the music. But also, it could just be for any cause or any movement that you're you know you're inspired by, you're passionate about. It could be a particular cause. You know, like I know we have artists mm-hmm. in our Gold Artist program right now that are doing really amazing things for. You know for stray cats and dogs or for abandoned pets and you know they're mm-hmm. using their music as a tool to you know, plug into that community and provide you know have a message that they're connected to and so yeah i think that's really something about looking at the different you know concentrated communities and the you know the tea that settle in that you enjoy the taste of it and then intentionally saying you know we want to create something valuable for this community that they might resonate with our music if we really focus this on providing value to them and cover songs are a great way to do that.
1: Yeah. And, and like, yeah, absolutely. Like causes or different communities, like even outside of, of music, like one that comes to mind is Apollo fresh mixing hip hop and rap with anime. Mm. Huge massive force multiplier there because he's got that community that He's already like already has a love and a passion for and he's just dipping into that and Mm. providing value.
0: Mm. Yeah. Talk about like a a culture that's like steeped and, you know, in in that community, the anime certainly seems like that's a very strong culture. You have like Comic-Con where people dress up in wild outfits um, because it's you know a part of who they are and expressing themselves.
1: Yeah. So let's see. Word of mouth recommendations. So just telling a friend, like that's another way to, and that it it seems like not as massive as like maybe a cover song that gets millions of views, but like, it is kind of a downstream multiplier where, you know, recommendations go a long way. So that's how I've learned of some of my favorite artists is through a friend recommendation and word Mm. of mouth. Mm -hmm.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I think that the cards that we're developing now with the ability to scan them to your phone and basically access behind-the-scenes content and exclusive content from an artist, one of the things that we added to these cards for you when you set up your your fan journey template in Street Team is there's a button that says share with a friend. And if they share that link with a friend and the friend signs up, then they get rewarded for it. You know, They get 100 tokens, which we're going to be building some very cool things in 2024 in terms of like ways to redeem those tokens but that seems like one way to sort of tap into this force multiplier because people do you know they look to recommendations from friends specifically as it relates to music especially because that community and that that connection with with other people that our existing you know relationships to us tends to be where a lot of our music comes from
1: yeah and I, I think the last thing, the last like key to this, once you have, you know, you're you're getting more exposure, you're doing you're you're leveraging these technologies or these strategies to multiply your exposure. There's this term that this guy said, this guy Shane Morris on TikTok, and I was like, oh, that's he was giving advice to artists, and he said, URL to IRL. So Credit where credit's due, very clever and got me thinking as well. (laughs) Where it's like, okay, like, right, like, if you're a serious artist and, and, and IRL, it means so in real life is what IRL stands for. And URL is obviously like anything web based or internet based, like a website is a URL. So, how do you take them from like website? like that discovery phase or or from your email list but then even deeper that to like a live experience like a a live performance a concert a house show a, a live meet and greet like shaking people's hands or or the or even with networking like from the internet to real life like there's something about like like absolutely live anything live even this right now has that specialness to it because it's in the moment but even just like being present with other people whether it be your fans or fellow music artists like maybe you go to a conference or a mastermind but like taking that the experience into real life so like url to irl is like a Kind of the next component or the next logical next step in a lot of ways, or it could just be one on one it could be like a one on one zoom call like that's kind of that's much it's still internet based but it's still more like real life it's in the moment, so like hmm. yeah, like we all kind of or in a community we all want, we want to take people from the u r l from the website from the spotify link from the the you know the relic cards like wherever wherever the u r l is But then ultimately like to experiencing something in the moment in person is like the, I don't know, the grand finale, I think.
0: Yeah. It's, it's super interesting. I I think this comes back to the conversation we've been having around live events and what's like, what's, what's real or what is in real life, you know, what is real versus not real. And, (laughs) you know, to say the digital isn't real is both true and false from a standpoint of, in a lot of cases, you know, we have this social media effect where it's like everyone's living their best lives always. <laughs> like, and, everyone, and we compare <laughs> ourselves, we're like, man. So it certainly can be not real in that sense where it's like, you know, there can be a sort of fake front versus what is real. And, you know, it seems like what's real is not necessarily like the the mask or the cover, but it's just like, it's what is it's what's here it's like it's connected to that live moment like you you can't fake presence you can't fake reality like reality just is whether you think it is or not like even if this is all a simulation even if none of this is like actually happening like you can't deny the fact that there's qualia or there's like there's a thing that's like there's we can see shapes and colors and sounds and like we're, we're having an experience here and so, um, it does seem like when you go down to the root level of reality, there's something precious about this moment that you know, can't be fully replaced. And I think it's, that's connected to what makes music special. And when we're all you know resonating at this frequency, when we're all part of that, that community, we get to actually taste that reality. So it's, yeah, it's interesting. And, and also like, I, I think that it's tempting sometimes to disqualify videos or digital content or zoom or something and say it's not real because we're not like actually here in person doing it but i think that zoom is actually a step closer to real from Mm -hmm. the sense of like you're in real time talking and having a conversation connecting with someone in this present moment and i think what we're doing right now in our community this live stage is like it's very real because we're all here in real time having this conversation and so i think that leaning into that for artists is a really powerful opportunity of like you know, having content and distributing your content publishing it in that those are real like the real reflections yeah the real the reflections of you and it's amazing that we can have these reflections these recordings you know incredible but the reflections aren't necessarily the the source or like the core presence and so yeah, giving people a path to come together to the core of the community is powerful.
1: Yeah, we're going yeah, to like metaphysical. It creates a here. new.
0: <laughs> I, wasn't, yeah. I wasn't expecting yeah. us to go this deep, Jared, but this, this is fun. I love the conversations <laughs> like
1: this. Yeah, I mean, it it takes it to just a a whole new level. If you know, if you can share a moment with somebody, like in real time, whether it be digitally. And it's beautiful that we can do that. Like all of my band members live in different states. We write music remotely. We meet remotely. It all is very real and and impactful. And it's just like such a cool thing that we can do that these days. And like that's the next step from the top of funnel, which is just purely exposure to the middle of funnel, which is more exposure, but deeper in, maybe more stories, more content, more connection, more community. And then the course is like anything like in the moment, like whether it's on the internet or somebody showing you like the tattoo that they got of your band or something like, or you're hugging somebody after the show when you're all sweaty and sharing that moment with them. (laughs) Um, Like, I think yeah, there's it's just there's different layers to what we can give to our fans. And for a lot of us, I think the challenge is just getting breaking through the that exposure like algorithm block, like cuz it it doesn't feel like it's it it feels kind of hard to break through that. So like the techniques of, you know, taking advantage of levers like Instagram reels and TikTok. So we've been doing this with our modern musician account more recently. And we've been taking clips of these live moments and we've been repurposing them on Instagram. And because it's in the format that's native to it, like they've been getting more reach. Our exposure has been getting higher. People have sent us messages like, Hey, I noticed you've been posting a lot more. So, you know, that the same thing goes there where like, you just want to like increase your level of exposure, wherever anybody's at, if it's top of funnel, it's social media ads and short form content that's really, or, or YouTube, you know, song like live performances do really well. Cause there's not this, you feel like you're in the moment. There's not this like cinematic sort of like movie kind of thing, but like, uh, those top of funnel, like channels lead to the more exposure on your email list or your text list or in your community, all three of those things. And then hopefully lead to some more light, like experience with you in the moment where you're interacting back and forth exchange of like energy. And that's what creates super fans. And that's like, that's why, that's what creates purchases. And we, we all want to like, you know, if we make a product, if we put together any kind of offer we want somebody to purchase it because it's valuable. We know it's valuable to them, but if people don't, if they haven't been steeped long enough, it might not, it may, it may take 20 more points of exposure for them to take that step, but it's Mm. all possible and there to do. And that's Mm. what we, we teach you at modern musician. So (laughs) I guess that's probably as much as I have on those, those three things. Mm
0: yeah it's it's so good i and i love this topic of like of exposure and and understanding that the tea yeah it doesn't go in just one time and it's like all right like someone's a super fan like immediately it's like no like there needs there's a process where it gets steeped and the more that you connect with them the more value you provide like the more you know, the more that the tea is, is steeped and what comes to mind specifically around marketing and like retargeting. I I don't know where the stat came from, but I know it's been passed around. I think that there's probably a study that went into it, but there was a marketing study that if I remember correctly, the number was like seven touch points. It was that the average person needs seven different touch points before Mm -hmm. they make a purchase with something. And knowing that Again, like uh, part of me is like, well, gosh, it just depends on so many different things. Like people can, you know, seven is a little bit arbitrary, but I think that the general principle is true. And it comes back to what we're talking about with steeping. You know, like generally, there's going to be some sort of warm up process, and it's not. It's not gonna happen normally. So every once in a while it will. Every once in a while you're gonna have a fan who just like sure the tea goes in yeah. and then but it's just like, oh my gosh, this is the best, most amazing thing in the world. Yeah. Like just like instantly the tea bag like explodes and the tea is done. So it, <laughs> it it does happen and it's wonderful when that happens. But generally, like there's gonna be a process of of relationship building that happens first. And the retargeting, especially, I think is a big opportunity that is sometimes under-leveraged. Could you talk really briefly about the idea of retargeting and how anyone here you know who's maybe been a part of, part of our community and has launched their campaigns and they've started to build a fan base you know, in some cases from scratch, but now they actually have you know this the the seeds planted and they actually see this like blossoming community. How can someone best leverage the power of retargeting?
1: Yeah, so when you first introduced me to ads and retargeting it retargeting was. Not something that oh I totally understand that right off the bat like the the term is understandable but how do you actually like what do you what do you actually do in order to retarget somebody using a platform like Meta Ads TikTok Google they all do this so basically what you can do is you can take I kind of think of them as buckets like you can take and anybody who's liked commented followed. Anybody who's engaged with any of your Facebook profile, your Instagram profile, your TikTok profile, your YouTube channel, watched a video, any of these engagements, like these platforms are tracking the users who do that. So what you can do is you can, you can create what's called a custom audience and you can put them all in a bucket. And so let's say like in the last 30 days, you've reached a total of. 30,000 users. So like you're, you're reaching roughly around a thousand people a day. You can put those in a custom audience, like a small, like pool of people. And then you can say, and you put that, you can say, I just want to put this specific ad in front of those specific people. And I'm going to talk to them differently because they're already aware of me. Like maybe they've engaged with my content or they've, they've like, they're on my email list or any type of engagement already you can and you can segment this so you can get really dialed in where you can have one ad for people who have just the frequency of exposure is light like they've they've maybe engaged with your content but they're not on your email list yet so you can send an ad saying hey you know like i noticed that you engaged with my content or you could just say you know it, it doesn't have to be that direct you can literally just An ad, a beautiful thing about an ad is like, it has a button on it and you click the button and people can opt in. So you can, if they're not on your email list, you can target them and say, Hey, join my email list, get VIP access in my community. It's free to join. It's, it's a really easy ask. And it's, it's actually cool of you as an artist to do that because most artists, big artists they i don't know what they just maybe they don't have time or they're just not doing it but like they're not as accessible but you can be accessible to your fans and build like an actual true connection and so at any point you can put people in a retargeting bucket and then you can serve them a social ad with whatever messaging that you want in order to take them to the next step so whatever that next step is for them you can you can do that. So all these platforms can do that. That's basically what it is. You're just creating these yeah. these special little audiences because they're not as big as like a a a cold audience. Like you can target like Beyonce and it's gonna be like multiple millions of people. Your retargeting audiences are gonna be smaller. And what I've recently learned, especially with Meta, so Instagram or Facebook, there's a with there's a type of campaign where you can control the frequency because you don't want to bombard somebody with an ad to where they block you because they just see your ad every time they open the app, but you can actually with awareness campaigns those are campaigns where you can actually set the frequency cap on it and so you can say I just want to remind these people expose them two to three times per week with this ad until they opt in and then they'll get removed from that audience and maybe I'll sell that I'll go for a purchase or something that's more for a warmer hotter audience mm. so yeah there's that's basically what it is
0: yeah just huge opportunity with retargeting audiences and i know most of my mentors when they talk about their ad strategy they say like most of the revenue and most of the value is like coming in the retargeting and retargeting, you know, can be defined as it relates to ads, right? Like this is retargeting existing people to help them take the next step. But also like your email marketing is just a form of retargeting. Like this is someone that has engaged right. with you and now they're on your list. And now, you know, you have the ability to have those other touch points to get to the seven touch points. One, one analogy that, that came to mind as it relates to retargeting is if you imagine when you first launch a campaign and you share one of your songs or like a clip of one of your songs, "The new fan," it's sort of like every single person that listens to that song is like a seed that you've planted, like every person represents like a seed mm-hmm. that you've planted, and if you just if that's all you do, like you plant a bunch of seeds, then in some cases, like they might naturally you know blossom and kind of like you know bear fruit. but in many cases. It's not unless you continue to nurture those seeds that they actually have the ability to blossom and grow and to bear fruit and so one way to look at it is like when you're retargeting you're basically saying rather than just trying to plant all these different seeds in different places like i'm I'm going to actually focus specifically on this little orchard that i've started to plant and i want to nurture you know those existing seeds and there's different ways to do it through email email marketing and sequences community engagement and things you do like with with your existing community but i do think that retargeting campaigns and like ads in particular are a really powerful opportunity that we all can do a better job of leveraging
1: yeah and the ad world has gone through a lot of shifts lately that has made retargeting harder especially in the last year and a half or so where, you know, some of the social media people are saying, hey, it's like your retargeting is in your cold audience. Like those groups aren't well segmented anymore because Facebook doesn't know X, Y, and Z. But the the, the good the news thing is that for street, team, and street
0: team. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, that's so what so just I was just to say. I can speak to that a little bit. I mean, yeah. this is one of the things that I've been geeking out about the past six months especially has been Facebook conversion API and setting up uh, event tracking and making sure that like basically in order for retargeting to work, the platform needs to know where, who are the seeds, like who, what are the people that you've already connected with so that you can, you know, continue nurturing and providing value to those people. So, you know, this is probably, I I don't want to go too geeky here because it, you know, might not be that entertaining to, or understandable. But basically how this works in Street Team is when a fan lands on your funnel in Street Team, there's something called a pixel. The pixel is just a way to tell Facebook, hey, this person clicked on this ad and they listen to the music. And so basically the pixel is on your website. Anywhere someone goes on your funnels in Street Team, there's a pixel connected to your ads. It basically says, hey, this person that came from the ads, you did this thing. So... Now, what's also happening is when someone opts into your email list in street team, they become a contact and basically every contact, you know, they, they might have an email address, for example, what we're able to do is we're able to link up the profile of the Facebook user to your contact in street team to basically tell them this contact represents this Facebook user. And so therefore if this contact. You know, doesn't go to your website, but they go to somewhere else and they purchase something from you. in Street Team, then because we know that that contact is linked to that Facebook user, we can tell Facebook, you know, this event happened. And you know, if it hasn't happened yet, then you can tell Facebook this event hasn't happened yet. So we want to you know, reach people to help nurture that relationship to take them to the next the next step. So that's something that happens for you underneath the hood in Street Team. And, and Jared, I know you've you've done a lot of awesome work, basically integrating our Facebook conversion API pixel ID and conversion API token now so people can leverage those insights and the good news is that you yourself don't have to like learn how to write code and set up Facebook mm-hmm. conversion API and all this different stuff it's literally like a 2 minute video that just walks through copy and paste these two numbers and if you do that it's all set up automatically for you
1: yes and this is a huge problem solver for anybody in digital marketing right now is the ability to really have that conversions api that's that's the solution to the ios sort of tracking issues and stuff like that is conversions api it's basically the plumbing of your website and it allows you to actually segment people from maybe they've been on my funnel or on my website where my pixel is but they haven't opted in and so i'm going to retarget them so you can have layers in your campaigns where you have top of funnel, middle of funnel, bottom of funnel. That's how I was taught tofu, mofu, and bofu are like the, the terms. And, and, you know, we've got our ads like really nicely set up that way now. And I can see it like how well it's working because of what we've done with street team, being able to like do this all. This is like massively value. If you don't, if you don't know how valuable this is, it's like massively valuable to use this software along with just adding those two numbers. Huge. We used
0: to use uh, segment.com, which is fantastic. And you, you can create lookalike audiences and these personas, but it costs $27,000 a year to use. And that was part of what drove us with straight team to focus on rebuilding that platform for ourselves. So we could, you know, personally cancel our, our segment.com account, but also so we wouldn't have to, you know, recommend for new artists who are just starting out that they have to go spend $27,000 on just one software.
1: Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Just one software to solve one issue or one, you know, um, challenge that advertisers are having. So it's all built in there in street team now, which is amazing. And it's you, there's something called event, event match quality, EMQ. And like with street team, the events are just, they're, bright green and they say great event event match quality so yeah that's that's super cool and then also because you're telling Facebook Facebook or Instagram like wherever platform you want it some people want to just do Instagram which I totally get like it's both so we're talking about both here but when you have when these signals are properly being sent to Facebook you can actually see purchase conversion value inside your ads manager, so you can see purchases are happening, which before you couldn't. It's super valuable, and then actually, like the algorithm, the machine learning that's happening in the background of your campaigns is getting smarter because you're feeding it more valuable data. You're saying, "Hey, this event took place. Somebody opted into my email list. Somebody made a purchase. Let's find more of those people." And it actually like points the ship in. In the uh, direction of more people who are more valuable, to, more likely to take those actions. Mm.
0: Yeah, one hundred percent. Right. Well, hey, this is <laughs> one of my favorite topics to, to to discuss. I think it's it's pretty geeky, but this is some really powerful you know force multipliers uh, that we're describing. So yeah, let's officially wrap up for the day. So let's give a round of applause to Jared. I love doing this. Thank you for being a part of it. And for anyone who is tuning into this right now, who isn't here live in our community, and you're curious about being a part of the the community and actually coming on live, we actually have a, uh, and this is where we host these live streams and these podcasts. And so if you'd like to get your questions answered and be a part of the community, then you can click on the link in the description to join the community for free. And part of the reason that we do this is because we're always looking for new artists to mentor personally. So if you are an artist who you've already recorded, you know, at least one song that you feel proud of, and you're just trying to look for, you know, how do I get it in front of the right people and build a community around it? How do I make it sustainable and turn it into a business? Then you can apply for a free coaching call with a modern musician. On that coaching call, we have a chance to ask you some questions and get to know your situation. And based on your situation, we can recommend different, you know, different resources based on what's right for you, based on where you're at in your music career right now. So if you haven't yet, go ahead and click on the link to join the community for free. I would love to connect with you live in person, not on the podcast. And until next time. Hey, it's Michael here. I hope that you got a ton of value out of this episode. Make sure to check out the show notes to learn more about our guests today. And if you want to support the podcast, then there's a few ways to help us grow. First, if you hit subscribe, then I'll make sure you don't miss a new episode. Secondly, if you share it with your friends or on your social media, tag us. That that really helps us out. And third, uh, best of all, if you leave us an honest review, it's going to help us reach more musicians like you who want to take their music careers to the next level. The time to be a modern musician is now, and I look forward to seeing you on our next episode.